0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Mercedes-Benz Vito Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. So, come on then. What is a Mercedes-Benz Vito? Uh, Mercedes-Benz Vito is a mid-sized van, a mid-sized commercial. It's a mid-sized commercial vehicle line from Mercedes-Benz vans, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to trucks or cars. North American listeners will know it as the Metris. Okay. There we go. There's a little bit of internationalism for this particular show. It's a van. So the number of combinations, permutations, and everything that you can have is really quite phenomenal. <coughs> yes. All right. So just be aware of that. The most obvious one really is Vito's available in three lengths. A 4.9 meter L1, a 5.1 meter L2, and a 5.4 liter. Uh, liter? Meter five point four meter L three. Each of those is also available in three vehicle weights two point eight tonnes, three point zero five tonne and three point two tonnes. <laughs> cool. you don't want to get your calculations wrong, do you? No, not not very wrong to be honest. You can also get uh, four different diesel engines putting out between one hundred and one hundred and ninety brake horsepower, as well as the electric Evito, which I think limits the number of lengths you can get that in. But I didn't go into that configurator.
1: The Evito is the one that
0: Amazon have done a deal with across Europe, isn't it? Uh, I can't remember if it's the Evito or the e Sprinter that they've, they've they've done the deal on. Okay, but, but it's yes. it's
1: Mercedes vans
0: anyway. Yes. I believe yep. it's the same powertrain in both. I don't know, though, so so okay. forgive me if I'm wrong. Of the diesel models, the 110 model is a front-wheel drive and manual only. The 114 model is front-wheel drive and manual or rear-wheel drive and auto. And the 116 and 119 are rear-wheel drive and auto only. <laughs> are you are you keeping up at home, everyone? <laughs> are you making your charts? There'll be a quiz on this later, everyone. Crazy wall just for the... <laughs> combinations you absolutely could that's really what i'm trying to get across uh spec wise front wheel drive variants are available in entry level progressive and plus package trims and rear wheel drive ones are also available in premium mm-hmm. entry level isn't that entry level and it still means front fogs reversing camera active brake assist and carplay stroke android auto and many other bits and widgets that's quite a step up from. It's a massive step up. Well, they've got rid of the the former base spec, which was called Pure. Okay. I think it was Pure. One second. Alan is now consulting a multitude of a notes. number of pieces of paper. Hang on. Yes, Pure.
1: Okay. Yeah, yep. That's Thank all you. We needed
0: to know from there. Yes. So they've they've got rid of Pure, which was far more basic. It it had electrically adjustable mirrors, for example. That was that was something that it was showing off in the spec <laughs> of that. <laughs> to give you a a level of where where we were with pure so so the spec the entry level spec is now what used to be the the sort of second middle middle level spec Mm -hmm. premium on the other hand has aircon alloys color coded everything Uh, metallic paint included in the cost and a leather steering wheel Ooh, Mm, quite the one that I drove was the middle length at the lowest, uh, the lowest gross vehicle weight with the highest trim and the most powerful engine. <laughs> Those of you who have been paying attention will know that I had a panel van premium 119 CDI L2.
1: So did you go, can I have two from the middle row, one from the
0: back row, <laughs> and one large, please? <laughs> Basically how it goes. The configurator, by the way, is really very good. Okay. So if you are interested in, <laughs> I have absolutely no life whatsoever, uh, then uh, mbvans.co.uk and then you can f- configure your van in uh, many, many different ways. What I had came out at £32,920 plus VAT because it's a commercial vehicle. So it's £39,504. I didn't actually feel was too bad. No. Mine was the last of the old spec, Vito. Uh, it has just been facelifted, uh, which means that you now get a new CarPlay, and Android Auto head unit, Active Brake Assist, a new grill, Kaluma fabric upholstery, new ventilation nozzles, I'm told, a better reversing camera that maybe shows something higher than just the people behind shins, and an anti-theft package uh, as well. Uh, to being serious for a second there, there's also new headlamps as well. Uh, which which actually look really quite quite cool. Lots of little changes and spec changes across the veto range. I'll try and highlight stuff where and when it's it's different. But to be honest, I've mostly avoided talking about the things which, which have been changed. Okay. It does mean the tech part is a little bit empty. So color tax doesn't exist on this model because the metallic paint and all the other paints are included. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there is a wide selection of whites, blues, reds, greens, greys, blacks in there. You can even order it in pebble grey, which on the configurator looks like it's it's German taxi colour. <laughs> so if you do particular, if that kind of if that's your thing, as it is with so many modified cars these days, then yes, you can get it in in pebble grey, that sort of beigey awful colour, uh, should you so desire. <laughs> One thing I noticed when I was going through all the bump uh, was that you can get up to 30 years roadside assistance on wow. on a Mercedes-Benz van uh, as long as it's serviced a Mercedes-Benz dealer. Uh, okay. And I thought, oh, that's a heck of a catch. But then I discovered that actually you can re-qualify it for older vans by getting them dealer serviced as well. So if you, so you bought it used, if you get it dealer serviced, then you requalify for that particular scheme. I'm sure okay. there must be other catches somewhere in there, but but actually that sounds quite fair and really quite good. Yeah. That's free roadside assistance. So if you're covering large miles, it is way to, you know, really keep the residuals up on the cost of the van, which is important. Yeah. Um yeah. To, to companies and to fleets.
1: Do you wanna describe using many florid and decorative words, the exterior of this vehicle?
0: <laughs> it's a van.
1: Okay. Next. There's, there's not really a lot. We can, we,
0: yeah. There's only so much you can do. Talk about something which is just a panel van. So it, it has sides. They have no openings, or no no see-through openings in them. Um, it is generally squarish. Uh, yes, it's a van. Okay. Mine was Cavernsite Blue Metallic, which is a metallic dark blue. It's nice. It looks black in everything but bright sunlight and given it was october and i was driving from northamptonshire to scotland and back there wasn't a lot of that (laughs) but it does have a bit of a whiff of private ambulance to it okay other than the fact it's quite a high spec and no undertakers would ever fork out for that higher spec this l2 uh, is quite a handy size van it's not too big so it's not ridiculous it's not desperately hard to park but it is big enough that you can fit a meaningful amount of stuff in
1: like say a garage full of
0: stuff like uh yeah it was quite a lot of loft actually it's worth of stuff yes in my case or, or a garage once it got disgorged yeah <laughs> at this end as far as sizes go i uh, friend saw that the photos of this and then was was grilling me on what i thought about it um he has a heavy machinery fitting business and he drives vito anyway he reckons that the L2 is just about right as far as he's concerned. He says the L1 is too small to really be able to fit his tools and kit in. Mm-hmm. It just everything ends up on top of each other. And the L3 is too easy to overload. Loads and loads okay. of room, too easy for him to overload it. He was saying the L2 is, is just about of Goldilocks spot. I don't know, he didn't use those words. This is about Goldilocks spot size whenever it comes to to lengths and stuff rear doors open to the the side sort of barn door style and there's twin sliding side doors when i say twin sliding i mean one on each side yes i guess that But with our listeners, who knows,
1: Alan? Someone might be funny, well. We talked about the funny the, the, and humorous one
0: liter turbo triple last uh, one point six liter turbo triple the other day in one of our previous special editions. They had to clear up that it was three cylinders, not three turbos. Mm. Anyway, moving back to what we're actually meant to be talking about, uh, it's a van, so obviously the outside side is is dominated to an extent by the wing mirrors, rear view mirrors, uh, which are massive, which is what okay. you want. Uh, and it's great for safety uh because it's it's uh there's no windows at all in the back so no windows in the back door this one has no interior mirror uh, as well i know that's an interior thing not an exterior thing but it's driven but one's driven by the other it makes you aware just how much you use the interior mirror to be oh, honest yeah 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 yeah. And it took a little while to get used to used to not just staring at the sunstrip Mine also had what seemed to be, according to the configuratory no-cost option, the five-spoke light alloy wheels in uh, 7J by 17, light alloy wheels being the name, as opposed to the 20-spoke light alloy wheels, which seemed to be the, the default choice. I quite liked the five-spoke ones. They reminded me of the McLaren Mercedes SLR. <laughs> look okay. slightly no the five spoke with that slightly twisted spoke to them as opposed to the 20 spoke AMG styly cleaning nightmare
1: yeah you look at alloy wheels a bit too much alan sorry you look at alloy wheels a bit too much i feel.
0: no i don't well first of all no you look at them and go oh god i never want those how can i keep them clean whereas five spokes are just right and the sort of the sort of balance was it also five wheel nuts cleaning uh yes <laughs> You are such a prat, Close. But yes, yes, it is five wheel nuts, which is one of the reasons it makes sense. Um, it's, it's are you finished? Yes. Do you want to let us know when you're actually finished? Okay. It's also premium so it has a chrome finish on the grill i'm not looking at you uh uh it has those alloy wheels and it also has body color bumpers the plus package also gets the, the body color bumpers out of that but it, it all looks pretty pretty smart but there's just a few details on the outside far more obvious on the inside okay
1: so inside uh, obviously you're going to go to the to the rear of it yes how many thousand curry hooks has it got it has none mercedes that's outrageous
0: okay so that's two special edition drives of cars that i've tried where there have been no curry hooks in either that is how i'm going to write to my mp and complain are you you could write to mine it'll stop him doing any more damage (laughs) yes you've completely put me off my 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 flow so yeah starting at the back back where we should be if you cannot fit your holiday luggage in the back of this there is an issue Yes, it's called My Family. <laughs> Quite literally take the kitchen sink uh, in the back here. As far as volumes are concerned, all of them are 1,685 mil wide and just under 1,400 mil tall. The L1 is two, just over 2.5 meters long. The L2 is just over 2.8 meters long. The L3 is just over 3 meters long. That gives you five thousand five hundred liters, six thousand liters, or six thousand six hundred liters. That's with the front that's seats up, right? That. <laughs> that's... <laughs> that's with the front seats up and the bulkhead in place.
1: <laughs> okay, so that that seems quite spacious.
0: It is quite spacious. Yes, yes, it is,
1: uh, and it's. This, I've I've been in flats that are smaller than that yes
0: yeah i think you can pay half a million for one in london that's about (laughs) the same size as the long wheelbase one there so yeah plenty of room in the back funnily enough it basically being a big open squarish space it's easy to access easy to lift stuff in and out the step up isn't too high and having the doors on both sides at the front is actually really handy uh it seems now i've been going through all the, the the spec stuff and i can't spec it without the twin doors so so obviously we they don't do a, a single doored version for here possibly just to do with with it being right hand drive the floor whenever you do step in is coated non-slip hardboard which which was good it was also easier to clean and dry mm-hmm. and the bottom all the sort of panel gaps up to the sort of mid waist point are filled with with hardboard as well okay so you in the lower half of the van you shouldn't really accidentally ever sort of ding it from the inside out okay as far as the back goes uh you can add a whole load of options and configuration things and you can go straight from mercedes you can go to third parties there is so much funnily enough you can do to fill out the the space in the back one thing i did notice was that the six lashing points were all mounted on the floor they were recessed so that that was fine you know they didn't stop you putting things there but i would have quite liked lashing points that were higher up okay for some of the stuff that i was i was putting in just to to secure things you can spec them you can spec adjustable sliding ones uh similarly adjustable sliding ones for the floor in recessed rails as well but yeah i would probably expect those uh too just for ease of tying things in okay uh, there are also lights in the back they are a little bit weedy sort of like quarter candle power each but even at that they are still helpful unloading stuff in the dark for me um so that was particularly good uh, other than that boot wise it's a big open space you can put lots of stuff in and other people can't see it's there that's a win for a van as far as i'm concerned <laughs> yes <laughs> moving forward funnily enough there are no rear seats in this particular one although you can get you can get crew van versions okay but uh in this one uh the the full height metal bulkhead was between the front seats and the whole whole of the back it's always good having a full height bulkhead it's good for noise temperature safety all these kind of things so so it's a good thing you can if you want have windows in the back doors and a window in the bulkhead as well or i think you can even have it so you can just have windows in the bulkhead but i don't know why you'd want that just i don't know so you can see if stuff has moved around i guess Up front, the passenger seat in this one was a twin bench. Mm -hmm. You can specify a few different models of single passenger seat instead. One of the things I noticed you could choose were actually completely unbolstered front seats, uh, which are meant for people who need to get in and out rapidly or regularly. Okay. So they've got ultra heavy wear size to it. So if you're a courier or something Mm. uh, or postman, Something like that, then then that's what those are the seats that you would expect not the not the standard ones the twin bench is is non-adjustable uh my cool box didn't complain about the, too much of the the comfort over 360 miles at a go i think a human probably would okay but again it depends what you're using the van for yeah passengers get an airbag yay and a glove box And their share of the dash top document storage halls. You remember the last time I had a Mercedes-Benz commercial vehicle was the X250 pickup truck? Yep. One of my few complaints were that there was no space to store documents, there was no space to store your phone, nothing like that. Not an issue in here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Cubbies on the top of the dash are good enough that you could fit, you know, a sort of A4 folio folder in yeah Yeah. it's it's like a filing cabinet really um there's so much document storage room for clipboards for bills of lading delivery schedules all that kind of fun stuff perfect really really well sorted and nicely done door pockets as well have built-in bottle holders okay and other cubby cubbies for losing stuff in as well (laughs) top of the dash has a cup holder each side molded into it. Um, Funnily enough, that works perfectly for cardboard coffee cups. Who'd have thought it? Yeah. So loads of of document space uh, and another couple of oddment bins, little ones for phones and stuff uh, around the place as well. The driver's seat is adjustable in most directions, up, down, tilt, back, rest, uh, lumbar, support as well is is electrically adjustable up and down and in and out Uh, as well as all that there's a an armrest on the inside side of the driver's seat too i mean i went to I went to Scotland and back uh, without too many in the ways of stops, other than to sort of offload or t- and take on liquid at service stations, and to eat my sandwiches at the top of the A66. Generally, looking out <laughs> at the rain and being blown around quite a lot. It was about as t- you know as a sort of long and awkward, really journey. Yeah, so sort of one go that you would get in in the UK most, unless you're being a little bit silly it was really comfortable throughout it was it was a comfortable nice place to be didn't get sore didn't get tired so driver's seats absolutely cracking and, and you sit nice and high as well with the dash low uh the seat's quite upright and the big big mirrors you know what's good you feel you know what's going on around you mm-hmm. it's very easy to actually stay alert okay and it's quite low stress as well because of that which was quite nice just to run through um do, and do the andrew staley all the buttons the cigarette lighter uh at the very bottom of the sort of, of the center of the dash is is way down sort of kicking point and in this one it was actually a cigarette lighter not a 12 volt socket because this had the smokers pack for i think it's the first press car i've ever had that came with the smokers pack but it came with a little sort of ashtray that can you know, the cup-style ashtrays that was on mm. the passenger side one, and, and actually a, a cigarette lighter. Way further up, and by that I mean about a foot and a half further up <laughs> in comfortable reach, uh, there's the manual air con. I set it for about 21 degrees, just left it, but it is it is manual. It's not climate control. Okay. Then there's some switches, loads of blanks for auxiliary equipment. There was one but, button that was for modes for the gear or something. I never really worked out what that did. It did sort of CS and something else. But I couldn't quite work out what that was. And there wasn't there wasn't a manual in the van or not okay. anywhere that I could find it. So I tried to look it up and couldn't and then decided I didn't really care. I was quite happy with it. <laughs> uh, what else? Either side of those are small cubbies, phone size ones. One of them has USB sockets. Uh, the one I had had a single USB socket and uh, sort of phono headphone jack style yep. aux input. Believe the new ones have two USB sockets instead, okay. uh, and that works well for charging and for connecting your phone to the the stereo. Above those, central vents with the sort of info navi. Depends on what you paid for screen in between. Yep. In front of the driver is a binnacle and the steering wheel. There's a surprise for you. That's handy. That's a handy place yes. to put it. <laughs> it is. Well, I don't know. Binnacles can go in the middle as well. It's two large gauges, gauges for speed and rev counter. Inset into each gauge is a small one for fuel inside the Speedo and water temperature in the rev counter. Mm-hmm. Between the two of those are, as you kind of expect, the warning lights, a portrait style black and white screen showing trip computer entertainment cruise controls gear selection etc 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 all the usual stuff most of that is controlled by the left spoke of the steering wheel and the right spoke controls phone answering hanging up volume mute all that kind of stuff okay cruise control is hidden behind the steering wheel in a stalk way down to the bottom left poking towards your left knee as mercedes like to as mercedes like to i know Once you got used to it, after about an hour, it actually started, it it became second nature, which is good because as we'll come on to in driving, this is a very easy vehicle to drive on on the cruise control. Lights controlled by a dial switch by the driver's right knee is traditional Mercedes and most German cars. Indicators. Uh, Flashing the high-low beam controls and the non-auto wiper are all mushed onto the single left-hand stalk. (laughs) The wipers, you can squish it. No, you can make the wipers wipe once by tapping the button on the end of the stalk. If you push it harder, it then will squish and wipe. But to do anything else on the non-automatic wipers, you have to turn, like the sort of N centimeter. Right. On this footery overloaded stalk, that became a right bugbear because it wasn't even variable intermittent. So you had like two speeds of intermittent, yeah, and then you had two speeds of wiper. So you couldn't just set it at a nice intermittent. Duh. You had like too Poor slow, Alan too Paul Allen had
1: to go back but a it was, couple of it decades. Was such,
0: <laughs> no, it, no, it's not even going back a couple of decades because if it's on a separate stalk on the right hand side, you can quite happily just knock it with your fingers. And it's easy. you don't even think about it. You don't take your hand off the steering wheel. But every time I had to turn this little widget on the end of the stalk, I had to take one hand off the wheel, and twiddle the thing, wait until it was, and then it would change. And then you'd have to change it again. And then you'd have to change it again. It was just, it was Scotland. It was October. And for once, I was missing WTO WIPers, which normally I can live with that quite happily. No, not really that fussed by WTO WIPers. But this was just such a footer that left the right hand stalk for the gear selector this is good it clears up all the space in the middle it means that if you've got the bench seat then the innermost passenger's knee isn't in the way of the of the gear knob or the gear or the whatever gear selector thingy and if you're working with someone you can't be accused of inappropriate touching (laughs) well there is that yes (laughs) uh It means that in sort of crew van or minibus versions, you can can step through between the seats. Yep. That kind of thing. Really good. What's not so good is if you spent a week in an early 1990s Mercedes where everything is all on a single right-hand stalk. And every time you want to show the world that you're about to turn left at a junction, you put the automatic transmission into neutral. Again, (laughs) got a little bit tiring, that one. A little bit wearing. But before we move on, everyone
1: drink because Alan mentioned his Mercedes uh, and then laugh That's heartily just that he's moaning about, about oh, these two Mercedes I've been
0: driving. I know. OK, yes. So it's a little bit of a humble brag in there somewhere, but not really. Um Thank goodness there's a drive to reverse lockout to stop me doing some serious damage when turning left at junctions. That's
1: well, it was deliberately engineered knowing that they would have people going from the van to a 90s Mercedes and back again, and they would get confused. It's clever. It's clever. See the The depth of engineering they go to.
0: Anyway, moving on from you, it is a nice place to be. It is quiet at motorway speeds, especially given the size of the mirrors, etc. And in this Continental Express delivery spec, with its nice leathery steering wheel and its, it's just general comfort and niceness. There you go. That's the kind of in-depth motoring journalism you come here for.
1: So the, uh, I'm, I presume that the bulkhead behind front
0: seats would help with the noise. Well it because it stops it being this massive echo chamber really in and stuff, the stuff, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. So so that's that's why the bulkhead is a good idea. Yep. Uh as far as driving
1: Is this when you manage to put it in the right gear and not yeah, put yeah, it into it took, neutral?
0: Look, it was one of those ones where you know the, the the chap turns up and he goes, so do you need me to talk through the controls? And these days I always say yes.
1: <laughs> See, ladies and gentlemen, we do learn by our mistakes.
0: Yes. <laughs> And I was really glad I had this time because otherwise I would never have worked out the flipping stalk. And you've got to remember to press the end of the stalk to put it into park, not just tap it into neutral. You could have put it in park. And then, usual Mercedes style foot park break. Stuff, yeah, uh, it was one of those ones where it was like, thank goodness I asked you because I wouldn't, it would have taken me a little while to suss that out. Mm. Uh, anyway, driving it once you have sussed that out 190 horsepower and 440 newton meters of torque in an automatic van with a seven speed auto is a good combination. Let us be under no illusion. That seems reasonably provided for, (laughs) yes, yes, it is. You can set the cruise control and it will just hold the speed uphill downhill whether you're laden whether you're unladen and when you were joining motorways and stuff there was no worries that you were going to make it out in front of traffic that was coming and stuff you didn't feel that you were ever going to be an obstacle bearing in mind of course the different speed limits that there are for vans on different roads it is very easy to drive on the cruise uh you can uh, it now has active lane assist i think it's now available anyway and you can spec adaptive cruise and all these things but even with the non-adaptive um you can just tap it up and down by mile an hour by mile an hour uh mm-hmm. tap it a bit harder past the detent, and it's five miles an hour up five miles an hour down and because it's german cruise control it really doesn't hang about getting <laughs> between those speeds <laughs> so you could come to the end of a 50 zone and you could knock it up to 60 or 70 whatever was the appropriate speed limit at the time and and it would just like away it went the one i had had seven speeds now this facelift one of the differences is they're all the nine uh nine speed automatic uh geot- geartronic um models so you okay. get more gear probably good but seven seemed quite happy it was you didn't really catch it out or anything you know handled better than i expected but i wasn't pushing it i wasn't being silly i was aware i had either a rear-wheel drive automatic van with no weight over the back axle or i had a laden van with stuff i really didn't want broken so uh no hoonage but you know making my way across the a822 and stuff you could make adequate progress um as long as you were being particularly smooth uh, ride was a little bit better when it was loaded but it didn't make too much difference. Uh, When it was unloaded, more importantly, when it was unloaded, you didn't feel like the back end was bouncing up and down, which I know with some other vans I've driven in the past, quite a bit older than this, uh, was a bit of an issue. Mm -hmm. It just made it generally uncomfortable and rubbish. According to the trip computer, I did 794 miles, averaged 40 miles per gallon at 50 miles an hour. That's pretty reasonable, really. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I was holding appropriate motorway speeds as well, so so yeah, it, it's I I would pretty chuffed with that. Actually, that's pretty good. Hmm. This spec is very much European Express. <laughs> uh, this is the kind where you you would see it in a you know that sort of trans European Express delivery type setup, uh, delivering parts to race cars, that kind of stuff. It was really happy on the motorway, really easy. and and a good place to spend time. Uh, It was particularly stable. I I really noticed that. It was really windy crossing the A66. Mm -hmm. Even in cars, you can sometimes feel the wind. And when I was parked at the top having my lunch and the van's going like this, it was like, no, 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 it's okay, you can knock everyone. You can knock. (laughs) Mm-hmm. then you you really noticed it when you started off again and it stopped getting quite as much wind buffeting uh steering lock was good it was easy to maneuver in tight spaces Mm -hmm. easy to park Easy to shift around because of the big car the big mirrors and the reverse camera um way way easier than than most cars to be perfectly honest of course it was too long for a normal parking space which was a bit of a pest Uh, well i don't know it's not as if motorway service stations are particularly busy at the minute so finding a parking space wasn't really an issue Mm -hmm. for the these splash and dash trips that were necessary on route electric folding mirrors were a bit of a godsend when the a1 was shot on my way north and the nav took me on a detour It was one of those detours where he goes, oh, look, yes, I shall turn left onto this nice wide road that just around this bend has turned into single track and there's loads of people being caught out coming the other way as well. Oh, no, don't damage the press car. (laughs) Also, I was quite impressed by how it didn't spin up one of the wheels when one wheel was on the verge. I was kind of worried I was going to get stuck and look uh, look embarrassed there. Tech-wise, there really is nothing to write home about what it did have in terms of stereo unit is now obsolete um the carplay and android auto unit will be an improvement because it'll get rid of the mercedes stereo ui thing which looks all right but it's really unintuitive Uh, Mm. and i didn't have a manual so it did take me most of my lunch time to get my phone connected to the bluetooth oh okay because i was trying to work out which menu i was meant to go in and where the menus were and how you selected the menus (laughs) in fact in some cases how you worked out if the menus existed in the first place (laughs) but i'm sure that it's one of those ones that, that with familiarity you'll get used to it but the new unit should be better, so yay. So overall, what do I think? Well, it was a great way of shifting lots of stuff around, and thank you to Carolyn for helping me out when I did need to shift lots of stuff around uh, and at a uh, very short notice. So thank you, Mercedes-Benz Vans, for that. This premium spec is an excellent motorway buster. It really is. I think that if you were doing short trips and stuff, then it wouldn't be so great. Mm-hmm. i think that the the you'd, you'd probably trash it quite easily but if you're doing longer trips uh, this is an absolutely absolutely brilliant spec to have i could quite easily cross the cross the continent in it uh, and not feel tired when i got out okay challenge here for me really is i don't have much experience with its competitors i've spent more way more time driving bigger and smaller vans than than this but i know that there are other excellent vans in this sector it is really quite tough tough yeah. to uh this bit Renault, with the traffic for example uh, it shares some of its engines uh, and bits with with the vito as well there is a little bit of little bit of tie up there uh psa and toyota um have very competitive vans with the uh the partner the Fox, space uh, cruiser. Well it's space cruiser space, for the space cruiser if it's got seats. Seats, yeah. Yeah. And all of that lot, the Pro Ace, uh that kind of stuff. And of course Ford with the Transit Connect. the uh, Transit Custom, pardon me. Yeah. Transit Custom. Yeah, it's a highly fought sector that, and I don't really think that any of those ones that we've mentioned are rubbish. No. Far from it, to be perfectly honest. Is there anything you think I missed, Andrew? Um, not really. A bajillion bullet points. I'm so sorry. No,
1: no, that's good. Uh, could you you answered some of the questions I had it in just through the the points you were uh, explaining. No, I, I remember my time with the veto, and um, mm. it was it sounded very similar to to you that it, it's it's a, a surprisingly easy vehicle to drive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's not heavy. Doesn't feel it, but feels um, feels easy to control. Is easy to control and um, is is easy just to drive around in normal traffic as well as being out and about. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a workplace. It's got to be like that so you can do drive it. You know, all day, every day, really. Yeah. On which note. Don't forget, folks, that between now and next time, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rate you on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to contact you?
1: Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know more about the veto, what's the best way for them to contact you?
0: the best way to contact me is via twitter where i'm at ajp bradley that's b-r-a-d-l-e-y we will be back next week but until then i've been alan bradley i've been andrew clues and safe motoring